This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Noom uses the latest in proven behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good. Noom builds personal plans that can meet an individual's needs, takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching, their platform has helped millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. I think a lot of intelligence has gone into the whole Noom system. They really think about how humans live, how they think, what their psychology is, and it's all been used to help people control their weight. So stay focused on what's important to you with the Noom psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's Noom, N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen for 100 Healthy and Delicious Recipes to Promote Better. Living available to buy now wherever books are sold. Sizing you up. <laughs> it's the buildup. Hmm? She can't handle the buildup. Oh. Will that help? Just nothing? Whenever you're ready. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, my name is Al Franken, and I feel privileged. About being Conan O'Brien's friend. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hey there, and welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. Sitting here with my companions, my friends, they would do anything for me. Um, can't say that I would reciprocate, but okay. uh, Sonam Obsession. Hi. Matt Gorley, good Hi. to see you, sir. Hi. Um, I have to tell you, I did a lot of traveling recently. Uh, I've been all over the world on a special project and then came back and had to uh, do some work on the East Coast on the way back and then flew here and I came down with quite a cold. Sounds mm. like it. And here's the thing that I like. When I get a cold, I prefer my voice. Yeah. Oh. I think this is a better voice. Eduardo, why don't you weigh in? Yeah, I, I love it. I, yeah. I, I think you should always have a cold. Okay. So you're saying, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Eduardo, be honest, you're saying my natural speaking voice. It's just more soothing. It's easier to like mix. Yeah. Because you know, when you normally speak, 
it kind of gets up here a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But this is, <laughs> yeah. you know, nice and cool. No, this is uh, this is nice, and I, I have this register right here, and it just feels good. And so I'm wondering, how can I get, keep this going all the time? Because I prefer this. Wow. And so I don't know what to do. One would be to constantly reinfect myself. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's your best. <laughs> to hire yeah. sickly children to cough into my open mouth. Yeah, but you also your your immune system will get better, and eventually you'll never get sick again, and then you'll never have this voice again. What I think if you scream, about? wake yeah. up and scream every morning. I don't think that's going to do it. Uh, you know, know, smoke. Um, smoke. <gasps> you think I should start smoking? Yeah. Maybe that would do it. What if we just have you record like a bunch of random? sayings while yeah. you're feeling this way yeah. while i'm while i'm feeling this way this is uh, conan recovering from a cold and maybe we should just record some stuff now that we can yeah. use in the future let's so, try some how about yo adrian give me that yo adrian pretty mm, good that's cool how yeah. about this um what we want or we want little phrases that will fit nicely into almost any interview things like oh yeah i hear you <laughs> I've never heard you say that. But You've you know, never said that. Now you're taking on a persona you want to be, yeah. but that's not who you are. No, but you could still slip that in if we have someone who's talking on the show um, and, and on the podcast. You could just slide that in. But how's this going to work if normally you have your regular voice and then it just goes into this? Well, people hear it and they'll just think, oh, that's the real Conan. Uh, they th you'll you think people will think this is the real you, and then you make your voice that other way. I do hope you come back soon. <laughs> That's a good one to just slide in there every yeah. now and then. And you want me to slide that somewhere in the middle of the interview? Yeah, just in the middle of an inter interview with Henry Kissinger. I suddenly he's <laughs> you sound like Henry Kissinger. I do sound like yes. Henry Kissinger. Yes. Um, yeah, I just think it's uh, we should try and get as many of these as possible. Um, Do you feel yeah. different? Hold on a second. I'll yeah. say, what about like Kakaroo? Yeah. Mm. Yes, this voice. Katakai. How about this? Katakai, as God made her. Mm. That's pretty good. Wow. How about this one? A Kakaroo. <laughs> now, this is one you could. Hey, this has been a great episode. I've enjoyed it. If you've enjoyed it half as much, well, you probably had an orgasm. Oh! <laughs> That, that, right? that was creepy. Hard left turn. Hard left turn. Yeah. Tell you something else that took a hard left turn. What? What, what took a hard what left turn? What took a hard left turn? I didn't say that. You did say that, guys. Let's your, get pers your personality is changing with this voice. Yeah. I think that you're changing as a human being. I like so it. Hey, hey, Sona. <laughs> yeah. You're looking fine today. Ew. <laughs> What's wrong with that? I don't know. That felt weird. I don't like that. Also, you your posture's like changed. I know. Too. You're all like, you're. I don't like this guy. You're like Don <laughs> this Imus. guy sucks. You're missing a cigarette. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, this guy sucks. He'd smoke Virginia Slims. I'm wearing athleisure wear. <laughs> Come on. No, that guy would not say athleisure wear. That guy's cool. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, well, I guess the point is, maybe this doesn't work, but... I do think we should try and record as much as possible. I should probably try and get a book on tape deal while I have this voice. You know what I mean? But then what if you get better as you're doing it? No, no, no. I'll, trust me. I know how to sustain this cold for a little while longer. If I could just get a good book, you know, maybe a, one of those sort of a, a real sensual novel. I yeah. think that would be fantastic. Okay. Mm. <laughs> no one's buying it. Because I can't even imagine you doing... You saying like a sex book without like feeling very uncomfortable by it. 
when I have this cold, I'm not uncomfortable about anything. Well, this cold you, has literally changed my personality. Give us a little a sample of the sex book. I didn't think you'd be here, she said. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you, I'd never see you again. I made it clear. I'm here because I saw in your eyes you want me to be here. I, this is That's so arousing. <laughs> this, this dialogue. Hold it. I'm not done. I am. I'm not done. Wait, you saw it in my eyes? Yes, I looked into your eyes and I saw that you wished me to come by. <laughs> and I could tell the way that your eyes were that you wanted me oh to come by. No, this textbook sucks. There's not even, no one's undressing yet. When is someone going to undress? That's 40 pages from here. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. On. What oh is it? God. Hold it. What is it about my eyes that makes you think that? She asked, widening her eyes. Well, I have to say, it's just a quality the eyes have. Oh, God. No, come on. And when the light hits them a certain way, plus... Some people have a lot of veins in their eyes. Oh, pass. But you don't. You're relatively vein clear. So <laughs> that's what made me think. Cut to 40 pages later. Hey! Okay, if that's what you wish. Aww. Zip. Thwabba-dabba-shabba-dabba. <laughs> but it's not what you think it was. He unzipped his pants and just pudding fell out. Oh. Yeah, he was keeping pudding in his pants. What a waste of a of a good voice. I know. I I can't I can't even do an erotic thing for eight seconds. No. <laughs> Can you laugh in this register? Uh, <laughs> oh Jesus! Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> good one, guest. Let's use that. How about this? <laughs> good one, guest. <laughs> hey, guest. What would, oh, a, what would yeah. an interview subject do if during the interview you said? Hello, guest, or good hey, one, guest. guest. Well, we want to make sure we can use this as much as possible. I understand yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So I understand. how about this? I'll do... I'll do. <laughs> oh, yeah, guest. Yeah. Loving it. Loving it. Keep it going. Hey, that was a great anecdote, guest. Uh, can't wait to hear more after this brief commercial for a kind of software I don't understand. <laughs> And we're back, Conan O'Brien here with guest, and we are killing it. I'm, is it? A, I what? think I'm worried about you. Why? I don't know. I just feel like maybe this time you've gone too far. Okay, maybe I have. Yeah. Yeah. I apologize. It's the cold. <laughs> I don't know. I just I I like it. I don't know. Maybe we can do something. With it this. is cool. No, I th I think it's a really cool. It sounds really. I well, do prefer this to your regular voice. Try some <laughs> classic action hero lines and see if it matches like yippee ki motherfucker yippee ki motherfucker that's pretty good okay mm. give um, me a couple I don't remember um, I dare you to knock this battery off my shoulder you're referencing a commercial nobody remembers <laughs> what is that it's a battery ad from 1977 okay this has gone too far <laughs> yeah that you owe everybody an apology man yeah oh, Robert do, Conrad oh, do I are you oh my god what are you doing <laughs> It's me, Puddin' Pants. <laughs> so bad. Soda, do you have a do you have like a sexy voice yourself? It has to be sex. Oh, I've seen. I've been with Sona. <laughs> I've been with Sona in her single days when 
uh, she would find someone attractive and she would do it all with her face. It would be, all, but there'd <gasps> be a would, lot of giggling. No, but you would do a lot of pointing. You would point your face and move it in different angles and your eyes would get very wide. I know, It yeah. was really fun to watch. Let's have a quick conversation with the three of us in sexy voice. Okay. All right, okay. here we go. Okay. All right. Sexy voice. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Hey, man, it's going pretty good. Wait, I'm sorry about your throat cancer. Hey, man, it's all right. I'm sorry about your tongue octomy. <laughs> well, they reattached the tongue using a rubber one, so I'm fine now. Uh, yeah. Stop so being go fuck. sexy so fast. Yeah. You guys want to have sex or something? Ugh. No, I do not. No, me either. That's yeah. not how sexy people ask people no, no. if they want to have sex. Oh, really? Uh, how do they? Ha- will you ask us how to have sex with us? What a, what a fuck. Jesus. <laughs> That's now I'm little, going back to my regular yeah. voice. Jesus! <laughs> oh my! Oh my stars and garters! Fresh. <laughs> Jesus Christ! The hell, Sona? Oh, Mother of two. <laughs> the hell is wrong with you? How do you think she became? We were all doing sexy. That you guys were really bad at it. You guys were so bad at what? it. What? You guys were. You I don't were. think so. Not the not the sound quality, but the the shit you guys were saying. Was well, so what stupid. I'd like to know is if there's a way, Eduardo. The real takeaway from this is that people do prefer this uh, voice. Yeah. And um, so we've got to figure out a way for my lungs to fail more often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So work on that. Maybe there's something in the technology we could do. Yeah, I think I can copy and paste for later. Oh, good. Yeah. All right. Um, that's sad that that made sense to me. All right. Well, listen, guys, we got to get into it. Give this the sexiest reading you possibly can. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, God. My guest today is a comedian, writer, and former U.S. senator. Oh, wow. hold me back. Oh, God. Hold me back. <laughs> Who is this? That oh. really narrows it down. Oh, God. He was one of the original writers for Saturday Night Live <laughs> and the author of four number one New York Times bestsellers. Hi, Poppy. <laughs> He currently hosts his own podcast, the Al Franken Podcast. I'm thrilled he's here today. Al Franken, welcome. We go back a long way. We do. I met you in uh, February. (laughs) (laughs) No, you didn't let me finish. 1988. February of 1988, I showed up at Saturday Night Live, and uh, you were, uh, I was so nervous, and you have a very distinctive, hearty laugh. That's... And I remember you early on laughing at something I said, and it made me feel a lot better. And I, I was, I felt like, okay, that's laughter a start. is the oxygen of comedy. Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's. I guess that's true. So there's evidently Matt thinks there's some oxygen in the room. <laughs> Apparently, but very no. little. I don't think a mice. <laughs> I don't think mice could live in this environment if if that's the level we're going to go for. <laughs> Carvey said that to me. That uh, laughter is the oxygen of comedy. Dana Carvey, who was in our podcast studio just a few hours ago, doing something uh, for us, and he is. Re- the oxygen of comedy. He is. You got to change it so not everything's oxygen. You know. You, so yes, uh, laughter's the oxygen of comedy, and then Dana Carvey maybe is the <laughs> is the sun around which other uh, uh, laughs revolve. The you hydrogen know? of comedy. Oh, okay. We're this is a terrible podcast already. I'm going to get it back <laughs> on track. Okay. okay, and just say mm-hmm. that uh, that 
I got to know you all those years ago, and uh, we've remained very good friends. Yeah. And, but um, the, the thing is, the privilege part is that you're a really good guy. Uh, oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. They don't like it when that comes up on the show, that I might. Okay, let's take it back. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's the thing. I mean, I you play your character mm -hmm. on this show. That's not a character. <laughs> but no, it's no, so I know close you to your character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's a spin on it, we'll which see, is you we'll embrace yeah. all your faults, mm -hmm. which are very real. <laughs> yeah. And, and too numerous to mention. Yeah. No, well, thank God. Yeah. So you have something for you guys to talk about. Mm -hmm. But the, the weird part is, is that you're a very... I'm. What am I saying? I'm saying stuff that's so obvious that you're very aware of the stuff, and of course, uh, you wouldn't be able to be funny about your faults unless you were aware of them. Yeah, oh, that's good. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then, okay, but, that was not the oxygen. No, no, no. no. <laughs> but also, just really stick the landing on. But also, a great guy. Huh. That you know. That oh, was, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Okay, I think we got what we need <laughs> yeah. for this interview. That's all, everybody. Uh oh. I do think your instinct—not your instinct—but you can be so good at being bad if you mm. wanted to. And you, I don't think anyone's better at just just being just you know like just. Ugh. What are you talking like about? Pressing yeah. buttons like you do. Oh, oh I learned. Oh, yeah. yeah, I came yeah. from uh, a kiln, a kiln uh, in Brookline, Massachusetts. <laughs> Of they packed a bunch of crazy Irish people together in a very small space. Yes, and that's where you get this Frankenstein. Uh, <laughs> so blame it on them. It's I like know. you're an addict to evil, but you're sober. But you could, you could like fall off the wagon at any time. Yes. You know what I mean? He's this right. close. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. This close to really just being the being worst guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more of a Stalin guy, you know? <laughs> I like agricultural plans that don't work. <laughs> Devastate a whole you generation. Anyway, uh, yeah. let's make the focus you, Al, nah. which is um, you are such a funny guy and you have made this turn. I'm on tour. You're, uh, that's what I was, <laughs> well, well, but that's what I was going to get to is you've made this tour to stand up. Now, you've been in the business a long time. You're a sketch writer. Famously, uh, you performed for many years on the show, but your experience uh, going in front of live audiences used to be with your partner, Tom, Tom Davis. Yep. What happened was after I left the Senate, I started doing speeches and I realized that my speeches were like 80% funny. Mm -hmm. And then 20% uh, was, we got to win. We got to beat Trump. And yeah. if we do Bernie, I love Bernie. I serve with Bernie. Bernie's great. I understand single payer. I backed single payer. Yeah. And Bernie was saying, there'll be no private insurance. <laughs> <laughs> and people would like their private insurance and also their employer paid for it, right. basically. Right. And what you'll get is something you've never seen. <laughs> and you don't know what it is. <laughs> but I guarantee, you know, and then, you know, there's a reason for that. Yeah. The, the British system is great, but yeah. every other country has universal health care. And other than they all have health, some private health insurance. So I was that. And then 80% was fun. Was like, I went, oh, well, this is stand up. Yeah. And I admire stand up so sure. much. Yeah. That, that's the thing. I've been watching a lot of stand-ups, but none of them do public policy at all. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sinbad did for a while. 
Sinbad would crush with public policy. You know, this is the this is you know we've been we've known each other for a long time, and uh, I've seen you through I, I think a a dispassionate lens where I can say there was this period in the Senate where you needed to be serious. Yeah, they 90, said don't be funny. They said don't be funny, and so don't be funny. You don't c- be funny on the floor. Right. Don't be funny in hearings. Don't be funny. Don't be funny. No jokes, no sarcasm, because uh, the other side, whoever that is, can take that out of context. Just read it, it, it and it can. It and was it, more. It, well, that was true. Of yeah. course, that was yeah. true. But it was also more. You won by three hundred and twelve votes. Right. And people in Minnesota want you to be want to know that you're serious about this. Yeah. And I went, yeah, no shit. Right. And I didn't really internalize it at right. first. So I, um, I tell the story and well, I'll t- first day I'm there, I get sworn in, go back to my office. First day in my office, I've never been, you know, take the subway back to the office, go to the heart, heart building, get in my office. There's a sheet on my paper, on my desk. And I learned that one of your duties as, a uh, senator is to write congratulatory notes to constituents. Mm-hmm. And this first note is to Ruth Anderson, who's turning 110. She's from Marshall, Minnesota. She's turning 110. So I've been told, don't be funny. So I get out my official stationery, use it for the first time. I write, dear Ruth, you have a bright future. <laughs> <laughs> And then someone put that in the shredder. Uh, yeah. Close. My new assistant, who I had never hadn't met, comes in. Well, I had met her, but I hadn't worked with her. She takes it and brings it to my new chief staff, who I selected. And uh, he says, what is this? <laughs> and I said, it's a, it's a joke. Yeah. He, uh-huh. You think Ruth Anderson will find it funny? (laughs) I said, I don't know. She's 110. (laughs) And and he said, I'm sorry. He said, do you think her family will find it funny? And I went, oh, yeah. And I started thinking about her 90-year-old son reading it. (laughs) (laughs) But see, this is... What I'm trying to get to is for those of us who knew you and you worked so hard at at being a senator and taking it very seriously and really doing the work and you uh, and, and well, of course, and, of course, and, but of course, it was interesting, of course, for me to see you. I'm gonna keep saying that. Of course, <laughs> it was interesting to see you at that time because uh, I knew that you had to restrain this whole other side of you, which was really funny because you can't. You, you really can't be doing that uh, if you're in the Senate. And then now I see that you're just back to hitting on all cylinders comedically. I'd say on three out of four. <laughs> no, okay, I, okay. I, I'm trying to hit on all cylinders. No, it's been no, great. It's like a 12-cylinder engine and you're hitting on three cylinders. <laughs> it, it's a, we're talking about a, a classic. I, I like to say eight. Mm-hmm. Three out of four. But no, I I think I'm I'm hitting, I'm, I'm doing a uh, high. So <laughs> two cylinders, two cylinders. Now. Two c- You're now down to two out of 12. <laughs> oh boy. The car is smoking. <laughs> it's not even moving. You know, it's incredible to have the flexibility to work in all sorts of places, whether it's taking video calls from the park 
or emailing large files while you're grocery shopping. Sona, this is good for you. Is it? Because you're always doing whatever work you do for me from fun locations. But I like blaming it on not having reception. I know, but you can't do that here. Working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network, which is why you should check out T-Mobile, Sona. Then you got no excuses. They're America's largest and fastest 5G network. With T-Mobile, you'll be covered in more places with the 5G speed you need for your life on the go. Plus, they also cover more highway miles with 5G than anybody else. Check it out if you don't believe me. Hey, Blay, you've got T-Mobile, right? I do. I was actually just up in the woods in Idlewild. It was fantastic for the weekend. And uh, my T-Mobile didn't miss it. My T-Mobile phone didn't miss it. You know, I wouldn't think you'd need a cell phone because you speak so loudly into a microphone. (laughs) Well, I had to look some stuff up. Just take it. Just take it down. I didn't know what brunch was. I can hear him. When the restaurant's open for brunch. Okay. uh, So I used uh, my T-Mobile coverage to check out brunch. That's all right. Anyway, wherever you are, you know, take it from the loud speaking Blay. If you're on the go, you want to be in the know, you want to make the show. What? Uh, T-Mobile. Okay. That's the one for you. That was I should weird. have rhymed it with go. Anyway, yeah. find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. Fastest based on median overall combined 5G speeds according to analysis by Ookla of Speed Test Intelligence Data Q3 2023. C5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the jitterbug and the Watusi. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone (laughs) cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on oh, this? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. Yeah. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not oh. with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm-hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it it's less filling Miller Lite or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, all right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste. Only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. If most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a, what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what, what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, one billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not, that's more people than are on earth because there are people on the moon using it and Saturn. (laughs) 
That's one over 1 billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Yeah. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Mm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. It was interesting, like the second week I'm there, there's a Supreme Court here, and I'm on the Judiciary Committee, and Sotomayor, and Amy Klobuchar, who's my senior senator, who was a prosecutor, asked her, like, why did you become a prosecutor? And she said, well, I, because I watched Perry Mason, mm -hmm. as a, as a, and I watched Perry Mason, too. And I, so when it got to me, I just said, why, if you watch Perry Mason, a case— a, a show in which the prosecutor lost every case. Yes. Why did you become case. a prosecutor? Yeah. And she goes, actually, Berger won one case. Yeah. That was a prosecutor. And so I said, okay, well, look, I got 30 minutes of questioning, so let's get to that. And then at the end, I had like, <laughs> I had about a minute left and I couldn't develop a new line of questioning. So I said, okay, as long as we're at it, what case did Perry Mason lose? Yeah. And she said, I, I don't know. And I said just because I'm trained like you, I just said, didn't the White House prepare you? <laughs> <laughs> Which, of course... <laughs> of didn't course, they prepare you on TV trivia? <laughs> well, she offered it as yeah, a piece yeah. of information and then couldn't follow up, so <laughs> that was very damaging. But And then, but what the point about that is, I just got killed for that. Really? Does Al Franken have to be funny? Yeah, yeah. And it was, as you know, it was just, I didn't go, okay, I will ask her yeah. why she became a prosecutor. Because I, I, Amy hadn't asked that. Yeah. And then she will say Perry Mason. <laughs> and then she'll I'll say, well, how did you become? Because hey. At what point, because I know that you, you know your history well, at what point uh, did, were we not allowed to, be funny anymore in our political discourse. I mean, real politicians, I'm not talking about wags on the sidelines, but there've been some quite- There's a kind of funny you're supposed to be. Right. Or can be. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's funny. Like everyone hates me because I say Lindsey Graham was the funniest. Sona just hates me right now. I saw <laughs> I mean, that I don't eyes. hate you, I'm just confused. <laughs> Well, uh, I, it he is has a, confusing. He has a quick sense of humor. He has a, uh, a sharp sense of humor. He does. And his sense of humor is, I'm very cynical. So I'll give you an example. I'm going to, uh, we're taking a break for winter vacation, for Christmas vacation. And he says, Al, you, you going anywhere? Take your family for sun. I said, I'm going to Vieques, which is Puerto Rico. And he goes like, do two, immediately, boom, do two fundraisers. One for the people for who are for statehood, one for the people who are against they never talk to each other. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and every one of his jokes is, I'm the most cynical guy in the world. Yeah. And he's proving that, actually. He has <laughs> day in it. and day out. Uh, he, yeah. I, last time I talked to him, I said, why are you for Trump? And I know the answer to that, which is he wants to be relevant. So that's what he did. Well, I called you once. 
because I, I just didn't understand during some of the intense, and this is really saying something, I just qualified during the intense Trump craziness. I don't even know what that, <laughs> uh, but, yeah. uh, but something happened. And of course, everyone was falling in line behind him. And I, I happen to know that, that you know some of these people like Lindsey Graham and you just don't understand. I mean, that, that I didn't understand, but I knew that you knew him. So I called you up and I said, now, couldn't he say, look, we've gone too far. And so, you know, and you went, no, <laughs> the phone. that's not what he's going to do. Yeah. And you were right. Yeah. I mean, he's one, he's from South Carolina. So, you know, if you're going to get reelected in South Carolina, what right. are you going to do? And also every other Republican who did that and yep. Flake or Corker or anyone like that was, was gone. Yeah. Cheney. Well, she voted along uh, Trump lines a very, very, uh, you know, 90 some percent of right. the time. So politically they're aligned, but she, yeah. After, after, after January 6th. After the attempted insurrection. Maybe we should look into this. <laughs> yeah. After that, it, it was amazing to me that only 10 Republicans voted for impeachment. Mm -hmm. And I thought that any of them were going like, well, of course, how can you not vote for this? And now, you know, it, the Republican National Committee not so long ago said that January 6th was, quote, legitimate political discourse. Mm -hmm. Now, by the way, just so that you know that Conan and, and his show aren't, don't have a political bias, they all, none of them had any reaction. Oh, I totally, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just letting, I just, no. I agree. Yeah. I, oh, yeah, we all do. Yeah. Wait, yeah. what? No, I'm. Sona, we'll handle this. Oh, okay. Sona, all right. Yeah, I'm just a woman. I'm just going to sit over yeah, here please. quiet. The men are talking, Sona. And it was just discourse. Legitimate. The guy with the buffalo head. <laughs> the, the beating over the head. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, so I, when I remember when they took that vote, I was going like, well, how can you be damaged politically by voting for <laughs> impeachment? Mm -hmm. and yeah. I, <laughs> yeah, that was pretty obvious. And, yeah. and 10 of them did. And I think all probably all 10 went like, well, this is the right thing to do. And obvi it's obvious, isn't it? Everybody, right. huh? 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 And now they're in the private sector. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you th time travel a lot in your head when you're watching everything that's unfolding and think, okay, if I was back there yeah. right now, yeah. what would I be doing? How would I be fighting yep. this fight? Yeah. Uh, it's painful. Mm -hmm. It's painful. I regret resigning and all that and it's very painful to watch and um but you know i you know especially when we were seeing it i was relieved at the election that it wasn't the red wave everyone thought franny right. my wife you know franny said yep. it's it's as if americans said stop it yeah you know this whole this election denial and stuff but you saw what happened in the house and it was kind of a squeezy time yeah yeah. No. Do you, I know you have uh, your your great granddad. I just have read that. I don't know that personally. My but, great granddad? No, your great granddad. Oh, like you're I a terrific am a great granddad. Well, that's officially, yeah, what we yeah. put out. Yeah. <laughs> you, you handed me a, a type, your handler gave me a sheet of paper that said, mentioned my he's publicist. a terrific, I should have said terrific grandfather, and I'm just doing as I was told. Yeah, I thought you were going to, I thought, like, did my great-grandfather oh, yes, die in the holocaust <laughs> because i was trying, like i don't think i don't think we put that out yeah but um 
Uh, no, I, I'm I a grandfather, I, and yes, I'm, I'm a grandfather, okay. and I. But no, but what I'm saying is, I think now about things so differently that I have kids that are 19 and 17, and I. God damn. You do think about things very differently when you have kids going out into the world about uh, where we are and the level of discourse. And I am a, I would say a 53% optimist, uh, maybe a 52% optimist. And that gets me in trouble at home because I tend to think we're gonna muddle our way through because we've muddled our way through before. Maybe, 53% sure about that, 52% sure about that. It's changing. I know it's oscillating as I discuss yeah. it, uh, but um, I don't know. Are you? Uh, are you? Uh, no, you, you're not optimistic. I'm. I'm 47, but I used to be 52. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I'm watching you go down. You used to be 54. Yeah, for a while I was I was sixty six, but I was yeah, single. Well, that you was know, your, yeah. I was a single guy. And yeah, yeah, going like hitting the clubs, and so you know. Yeah, uh, I remember that. I rave every night, and um, that just affects you, you know. Yeah, a rave. What you? Come on, you were a raver. You raved. Oh, like, I raved. Yeah. Like you had you pacifiers in, yeah. and you I took. A, I had a pacifier ecstasy. and ecstasy, and I had glow sticks. <laughs> a mad and I was whipping them around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, you've yeah. seen photos of me from the late '80s, early '90s. I was losing it. Yeah, he's fantastic. Baggy pants, I wore, mesh right. top. I wore yeah. two eye patches, uh, <laughs> and I couldn't see where I was going. I was constantly being hit by cabs. And I told you wear them over the same fucking eye. Yeah, asshole, <laughs> asshole. And then I did. And remember, I was very grateful to you. Yeah. <laughs> What's that about the SNL days? Because people love to hear about those times. We're we're gonna we're gonna time travel now back to, back to... Uh, the year 1951, <laughs> <laughs> when you and I worked on a radio show called Saturday Night Live. So uh, Franken and Davis, we would do this thing, a show within a show called the Franken and Davis Show, mm -hmm. and we had my parents on uh, twice. And once they got cut, <laughs> your parents got cut between dress and air. That's yeah. rough. Okay. And so the first time they're on, they just came on and, and I, the character I played was me as an asshole. Right. And so, uh, wait, that was a character. That was, that was a character. It's mm -hmm. just like you self deprecate and paint right. yourself kind of as an asshole all the right. time. Yeah. And, but we all know I'm we all know. complete opposite. Exactly. Uh, complete exactly. 180 degree opposite. So that was the whole premise here, kind of. So anyway, so I have my parents on. I sing a song with them. Hey, mom and dad, this song is for you. I, I sang it a different key better. Anyway, so, <laughs> um, and I sing, and then my mom says, this reminds me of when they called from school and said you had shit your pants or something like that. And I went, mom, and I get mad at her. Right. And my dad says, stop yelling at your mother. And she, she said, crap your pants. This is right, right. And then I get mad at him. I'm an asshole. And I, and I kick my dad in the ass. Okay. So that one was on. Everyone loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I have him on, Tom and I would do very dark stuff. And in this one, I think uh, I have them. They're in dress. They're wearing uh, Stars of David mm -hmm. and overcoats circa 1935, mm -hmm. Nazi Germany. Mm -hmm. And Tom and I are in Gestapo outfits. Right. <laughs> Look at the smile on your face. Well, you this was our. This was something you kind of could do back then, right? You yes. could do very dark. The, the show, hallmark of the show, sometimes very dark. Especially things. after a certain hour. 
things could get very yeah good. and tom and i were always on after that hour right <laughs> and so so um the whole point was at a certain point my dad goes alan i i can't do this i decide i go we rehearsed it and you know we've done it all week why do you say now we're on the show we're live mm-hmm. i just can't my friends i i can't go back to temple do right. this sketch with you and the Gestapo, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then I get really mad at him and yell at him, and this kind of ends that way. Yeah, Bernie Brillstein, famous. Uh, what would you call him? Manager. Was manager. Was a, no, he was a manager, but he was even beyond that. He's a man that looked like Santa Claus and was a show business <laughs> legend and had a big personality. Yeah, he was a and uh, represented everybody. Including Lauren, and yep. just said to him, he's watching a dress and going, You can't do this. <laughs> so, and I guess he was right. And so I think we could have done it. But, uh, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, we get, uh, my parents get cut. Lauren comes after, up to me after the show and said, Al, don't put me in the position of cutting your parents ever again. <laughs> <laughs> were they upset that they were cut? They must have been. A little bit. But, I mean, they understood. <laughs> I couldn't go like, Lorne, that's amazing that you cut us on the Gestapo Star of David. <laughs> My parents as That's just the tip of the iceberg with you. You were constantly pitching ideas that you loved to go right up to the edge. And, and then, sometimes over it. Uh, oh, oh, yes. Miles and miles beyond. Yeah. But uh, is were you always like that? Well, I think... I just came of age during a period where very dark humor was about the opposite of it. In other words, that you were exploring really dark things in order to laugh at how awful they were. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. I went over a line at times. And Were you on the show at Comedy yeah. Killers? Yeah. Okay. So this was Downey and I had this idea. for Jim Downey. Yeah. yeah. Head writer. Yeah. Uh, for a sh- uh, It was a game show like Jeopardy, but it was called Comedy Killers. So the, uh, the categories were uh, the Holocaust, the Kennedys, uh, cancer. <laughs> yeah. And so this is a joke I tell in my act because everything I'd ever done when I ran for the Senate in comedy it was used against me. Yeah. I told a joke from that sketch that Rosie Schuster wrote, and it was, um, this would have been a bad gift for Anne Frank. What is a drum set? Oh. Oh, God. Jesus. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. So that's brought up now, of course, you're running then for Senate. And, uh, Al Franken told jokes about the Holocaust. Yeah. 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 So... I'd written a uh, magazine article in the late 90s saying that parents should probably um, monitor what their kids get online. And uh, so, but I wrote it satirically. So I said, my son, Joe, did a great fourth grade report last week on bestiality, and he downloaded a lot of great visual aids. (laughs) (laughs) And the kids in the class just loved them. And it was Al Franken. So jokes about bestiality. <laughs> so we had to, Chuck Schumer was like monitoring my race. I was running for the nomination at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's going, this is too much baggage. <laughs> and, and, uh, 
So what I, <laughs> my pulse, we had to do focus groups to yeah. see if this really was a problem and if we could, you know, overcome it. She had the focus group in, and she, the first question she asked, if you knew that Al Franken told jokes about bestiality, would you be more likely to vote for him? <laughs> <laughs> and it turned out less likely. <laughs> but we discovered that, you know, if you explain things, that Minnesotans got irony, and they got, you know, what satire was, and so it wasn't a real problem. And then I went out to show this great report saying it wasn't a problem to Harry Reid. Mm -hmm. And then he asked me, what joke did you tell about the Holocaust? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I said, well, it, uh, okay, the joke was, I think a bad Hanukkah gift for Anne Frank would have been a drum set. And then Harry started shaking. And I start thinking, okay, this is either very good or very bad. <laughs> right, right. And he just thought it was the funniest joke he'd ever <laughs> <laughs> So I was okay right after that. Oh, I but the best joke in Comedy Killers, the, the sketch you remember was Final uh, Comedy Killer, like Final Jeopardy. Mm -hmm. uh, the last it was ding, you know the ding 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 ding, ding the long mm -hmm. uh, was the biggest comedy killer of all time. Downey wrote this joke. Here mm -hmm. it was. What was the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand? How did this sketch play in front of the audience? Great. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was, what year was it? I don't know. It was in the 80s. I think, yeah, was, probably I think World War I was closer at that time. <laughs> yeah, people have forgotten. It was Archduke like, Ferdinand. you know, 34 years closer or something. 35 right. years closer. So everyone was a big, you know, oh, that was terrible. Or... <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, started by the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand. Yeah, by Gabriel, French warfare. Gabriel Princip, I think, huh. shot him. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Archduke Ferdinand was on his way back. He, had, he, was, he was leaving uh, Sarajevo. Are you doing a comedy killer? <laughs> yeah. Okay. He was leaving Sarajevo. His driver took a wrong turn. Really? <laughs> And his car <laughs> kind of stopped right in front of a cafe. Princip had had his chance to shoot, uh, you know, the Archduke and hadn't done it. But the the suddenly he's sitting in a cafe consoling himself by having a cup of coffee when this car pulls up in front of that cafe and who's in it but the Archduke and his wife. And he just puts his cup of coffee down and steps out and kills them both. What an insane coinkydink. <laughs> Anywho... We were doing comedy killers, and I wanted to keep going with the Archduke Ferdinand. Well, that that shows something. No, nothing. What? What? I'm sorry. <laughs> Listen. Why did he suddenly have the balls to do it if he was if he couldn't do it the first time? I think he time? wasn't able. I, I think there was. Oh, he didn't have a shot. Yeah, right? I think he didn't oh, have a shot. He just couldn't do it. Not yeah. that he like chickened out. No, I think he, his blood sugar was low. <laughs> But then he had a donut and a cup of coffee. And then uh, this guy in a big uh, hat with ostrich feathers yeah. and medals pulls up right outside. He read his horoscope yeah. too, and it was in yeah. favor of it. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah, yeah. And the waiter said, oh, we're also serving gun today. <laughs> I grabbed a gun and said, I'll take one of those. And then the whole thing just came together beautifully. Okay, That's yeah. cool. That's um, cool. Yeah. Do you watch Saturday Night Live now? Do you check it out? I have, I mean, to, yeah, I, I have to say, I, while, I don't I'm, see it as frequently, and then I see things online. I that's don't, what I do. I go. I, I don't know how much of their 
monetization is from online because millions of people will go and watch the YouTube, right? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel like, oh, that's the show? This isn't because you have when an interesting I see perspective. The music. I go like, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> now, to I be fair, like, I, that's music. <laughs> it's like they're talking. <laughs> I understand the kids like it, but I don't. <laughs> you never thought rock and roll would make it. I remember that very clearly. I In was the 70s, uh, wrong. You... I was wrong. And you know what? I grew to like it. <laughs> Especially the Grateful Dead. I, I listened to nothing but dead. Wait, <laughs> that was turning back into Bernie. Yeah. I, yeah. yeah, I couldn't tell if it was a Schumer or Bernie. Though. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> I don't know. It's just me as an old Jew, and that, that's Schumer and Bernie, I guess. But more Bernie. If you see SNL now, though, as you say that you you check it out, can you wrap your head around the fact that it's the same show that was it was your I think you're in Tom's first real job in television, yep. uh, it, it, and you you started the summer of 1975, right? Does it? Can you understand that this is still the same show, or does it feel like well, it's it's not. It's it's morphed so many times. It's something else. Well, of course it has. And uh, I remember when, when we first started the show, it would be like Belushi was on and he would smoke a joint. Mm -hmm. And everyone would go like, oh, my God, they're having or they're, they're doing. They're not doing that on Sonny and Cher. They're not right. doing that on, yeah, the Brady Bunch. And then I remember when um, Dan Quayle was nominated to be vice president and they won. And uh, they asked him, who is your favorite act? or musician at, at Woodstock. And he said, Jimi Hendrix. Mm -hmm. And I went like, oh, I see. There's no counterculture anymore. The vice president, not only the vice president, the but Republican square vice president liked Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. Right. So I went, oh, I see that, you know, and so now, you know, things, this is what, now it's like 48 years, right? Yeah. 47, yeah. 48 years. So yeah, it's different. It's different. I, I just think their approach to political comedy it's different. Uh, Downey and I used to write a lot of stuff you know, that and you, you, we talked last time when I was on about doing the debate stuff. And mm -hmm. we tried to do stuff that uh, our motto was to reward people for knowing stuff, but not punish them for not knowing stuff. Right. right. And uh, so I was proud of the political stuff we write. And yeah, it, it, they hit it every once in a while. And like we missed it every once in a while as well. Now that you're doing stand up, and I love the name of your tour. And I, I have it right here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it off this piece of paper. Because <laughs> that's how I work. I like to include people in the process so they can see. see behind the scenes what's happening. Uh, you're, you're touring the country, and the name of the tour is the only former U.S. senator currently on tour tour. <laughs> I love that. I now, now to say what it was. Are you mostly talking, are you talking about current events a lot in your stand-up, or are you talking about your years in the Senate? Uh, I mainly, uh, it's, it's sort of biographical. So how I became, you know, like Zelensky, right, is considered now probably the bravest person. And of course, comedian, bravest profession. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Podcaster, maybe third. Um, that sounds right. As profession. No. Yeah. Uh, but of comedians, Jewish comedians, the bravest. Hmm. And come up with that? Uh, then well, the Irish, of course, and then notoriously uh, Jewish brave. comedians who go into politics like Zelensky, the bravest. Yeah. Mm. So, so then I talk about how I became one of the 
basically the second bravest person. <laughs> <laughs> so it's biographical, and then I get to me in the Senate, and they talk uh -huh. about those colleagues, and mm -hmm. and then I go, yeah, and then I go into some stuff that's happening now. Right. You know, Zelensky famously, uh, Putin invades, and the United States reaches out and says, we can airlift you out of there right away. And he says, I need guns, not a ride. Such a cool line. Perfect. Al, you in that same situation, I see you fleeing with a suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> Run, I actually running, say... running, running with a suitcase that keeps flapping open <laughs> and long underwear falls out and you've got to stop and shove it back in and then you keep running. And True that, or false? I've thought about this myself. I mean, it was ballsy. I mean, he said, I, it's, it's, I, I don't want ammunition. I want... Uh, uh, I don't want to ride. Yeah, I, I don't want to ride. I want ammunition. And mm -hmm. that was pretty... I, I have to ask you, you're, you're, you're married to a guy from Russia. He's from but, Armenia, which was part of the Soviet Union. Oh, yeah, but he—I mean—he speaks Russian. And and, uh, and Tack has children's toys that are from his youth. Yeah, that in, are in the Soviet Union. Uh, were you little little children's toys? Do your kids play with the little Soviet toys? They love those Soviet toys. They're cute. Really? You pull the string, and it says, "Get in line for bread." I pitched to Tack that we start a podcast about uh, American versus Soviet toys called Perestroika. Oh, that's Perestroika. I would, I, would, I would listen to that. That's great. Well, those right. would be French toys. <laughs> okay. God, this Goodbye. is... Hey, wait. Thank you very I'm, much. Hey, wait a minute, Al. This is very rare, but the new low light has just gone off. <laughs> He's standing. <laughs> he's still standing. Wow, and he's standing. Wow, this is the longest ovation anyone's gotten. Amazing. Uh, wow, look, just taking in all the love. Paris Toika. <laughs> be French toys. <laughs> Every time you came on my show, in the late night show, years and years and years you'd come on, and at the end, and the oh, music was dance. playing. You would do an insane dance up and down the aisles, running and running and burning all these calories. And the audience loved it. And then I think never nine, ran it. nine times out of 10, if not 10 times out of 10, it yeah. got cut for time. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you, you must have, you worked so hard on that ending and it was fantastic. I think it got in once. I, th I do. I'm not sure it did. No, this was um, the comedy of, energy that's all it was right it's called what they used to call it in vaudeville was a sweat act <laughs> martin and lewis they would say it's a sweat act it's just a lot acts. of jumping around and then of course jack benny or you know there are there are other well, what was the would... theme what's the end of the thing you can sing the theme of the show Oh, here we go. Well, you have to imagine a big stairway. Okay. And, and I would just... Oh, my God. You're like an old stripper. And it lasted for fucking ever. Oh, this song would go and go and go, and I think the band didn't want to cut you off, so they'd keep it going. Your resting heart rate when you were done was something like 265. <laughs> and uh, and then the show would end with me saying, 
All right, you know, tomorrow, Lenny Kravitz, and then bang, <laughs> out, completely out. And there was all this wasted energy. You know, yeah. and it was not seen by the American public. Well, it was still worth it. It entertained me and it entertained the 185 people that were in that room. That's right. That's right. And that's all I, that's that all you care 3, about. If I can make just. <laughs> <laughs> we, we never could fill those back aisles. As Pat Proft, I don't know if you know, he's a, a comedian from Minnesota, who's a, a great writer, said, if I can make just one person laugh, then I know it's a Tuesday night at the comedy store. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Al Franken, I love talking to you. I cherish you as a friend. Oh, um, I said, all right, what did I say? Privileged. privileged. You're privileged. privileged. Yeah. yeah. Do, you still, do you feel that still? Yeah, I wonder. Now more I cherish oh. this friendship. That's nice. You also uh, have, uh, of everyone I know, I think some of this, uh, very strong legs. I'm just going to end on that. <laughs> okay. You have very oh. strong buttocks and legs. I've seen you <laughs> leg wrestle. <laughs> I saw you leg wrestle in the Saturday Night Live offices and I was impressed. No one could take you. Very uh, strong, muscular legs. That sounds like a challenge to me, Conan. Oh, not for me. No, I have no? I'm I have two Twizzlers for legs. <laughs> the red Twizzlers. No, I would I would fall apart immediately. I'm no, I'm just telling you. I'd love this to is, see it. I just wanted to end on a fun fact about Al Franken is you won't find a man with stronger leg and buttock muscles. <laughs> they used to be stronger. <laughs> I'm 71 now, so. Mm -hmm. We're all going to look at your legs and your butt yeah. when you leave the room now. Just like now, we when did I when you came in. The cameras here, yeah. they do that? Yeah. They add, the, well, these cameras, they're good, but as cameras do, they add about 15 pounds of muscle to the ass. <laughs> yeah. So you'll Well, that's good that. for me because I lost some of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Some of it's atrophied. Yeah. Um, Al, thank you very much for being here. That, we learned always. nothing. Uh, but actually, you learned too much. <laughs> <laughs> learned something about World War One, and I think and that's... a little something that I hope you don't include about the debt limit. <laughs> <laughs> I've got it in my notes. So. You know, we'll do yeah, yeah. speed up that part, <laughs> so like... <laughs> and then have me dance. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Thank you, Al. You bet. Thank you. You know, Scotty's cares about the environment and has strong values they stand behind. Plus, Scotty's facial tissues are super soft, strong and absorbent and easy on the wallet. Whether you've got allergies or just a case of the sniffles, stock up on Scotty's facial tissues so you can stop wiping your nose on your sleeve. Isn't that disgusting when people do that, Sona? I just don't like that. No, I don't like it either. I like I like to wipe my nose on your sleeve, oh, but that's... not my sleeve. Yeah. Well, my sleeve is made of Scotty's tissues, so that's a... <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. That's a very cool fashion statement. <laughs> hey, and stop offering guests toilet paper to blow their nose into. That's disgusting. Hand them a Scotty's facial tissue instead. You can find Scotty's facial tissues that come in beautiful box designs. Put one in every room. Why not make your guest feel like a king or queen? Hmm. If someone offers me a tissue, sometimes people say to me, Conan, would you like a tissue? I say, is it Scotty's? And if it's not, I just swat it away. Oh, okay. Scotty's is better at what counts. For more information, visit scottysfacial.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have 
issues or things we need to talk about get off our chest. I have that all the time. Don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah. And we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors. We carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up. And I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I? it's not a good match? I, then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Conan. Sona, I think you need to apologize. What did I do? What, this well, time? I know, that's the thing is, I, I was saying to Gorley, he, he said to me, uh, should we do some kind of new segment? And I said, let's just do a segment called Sona Apologizes. And um, it's just because I know you've done something bad. I, I don't know what, what it is. What do you mean, yeah. I, you so, know I've done, wait, what? I know that you've screwed something yeah, come up. come clean, Sona. Tell yeah. us, first of all, what it is you did wrong, and then please apologize. What yes. are you doing? <laughs> I don't know. What are you doing? Well, well don't you think any- that's a safe assumption, that you've done something? You've probably done something. You probably made a restaurant reservation and said it was for Conan O'Brien and then you and Tack went. But I wouldn't apologize for that. <laughs> well, that's a different thing. And so clearly you have. And by the way, the, no, che- I've the, never che- done that. the Cheesecake Factory does not require that oh, you call I ahead. Know. I know. I've waited for over an hour for the Cheesecake Factory. But I don't know. I don't think I've done any... I mean, the thing is, though, because I don't do as much as I used to do. Right. So the chances of me screwing something up have fallen a lot because now whenever you ask me to do something, I really want to like, you know, you want to please me. No, I want I want to keep getting. (laughs) No, I want to keep getting paid. Yes, I see. So I I want to just keep doing. Is there anything in the past you want to dig deep? Maybe find something from the past. Yeah, like a therapy session. It's like confession. Yeah. Yeah about something I should apologize to you for? Don't you think in general you just, I'm saying blanket Gourley. <laughs> yeah. Like in general, you should just apologize. Do you want to apologize to me? Well, listen, that could yeah. be another segment and I don't think we'll have time for you it. You said a family emergency is if my dad's mustache went on strike. You said this a, like a week ago. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, you said that. You said- what, what's uh, the, That doesn't even a joke. You, that's a fragment. What, what's the you whole said, joke? You said a family emergency for Sona is if her dad's mustache went on strike. <laughs> that's funny. Okay, <laughs> you said it. I just wanted you and to say it right. How many times have you pet my head and and you've you've like smelled your hand and you've got mm, garlic. Yeah. And you've also said you've also said you know, I need an industrial press to straighten my hair. Your hair is out of control. Yeah, but Do you I know think- what we had to get, you know, when we started doing the podcast, we didn't think about this. We just used regular uh headsets, you know, by by sure. They're the best headsets in the business, if you ask me. I'm glad they have their name on the side. <laughs> but we forgot about Sona's hair. Your hair is so powerful. 
that uh, we had to get, we had to go to the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers oh and have God. them engineer out of steel. They just made, used an old bear trap. They used a bear trap. Yeah. It's basically, yes, exactly. You told me, you said that my dad's uh, built my brother out of wood and that he wanted him to be a real boy. God, you have, she has so many memories of my good bits. Yes. Did I say that your father, who looks a little like Geppetto, had built your older brother uh, possibly out of wood and because he dreamed of having a real boy. Yes, I did <laughs> make that offhanded quip once. Uh, once? You probably said it to a member of the press. <laughs> or like or like an Obama or someone important that like I I, I want to think I'm inter like cool and yeah, interesting. I did at great length ex explain to President Barack Obama that uh my assistant Sona's brother was carved out of wood by his father. Well, so Sona, do you want to apologize for any of this? What the hell? What? I don't think first of all, I think these are all class A bits, good material, they solid landing. I mean, the fact that I'm able to be this creative around you, uh, I think should be a source of wonder. How many stores have we walked into where you're like, watch out for her. She's steals and she's got sticky fingers. No, I've, <laughs> I said you steal babies at yes, the marketplace. That's right. Okay. Oh, but you've also said I just steal to right. like stores we just walk into. Well, no, one specifically was an eyeglass store we went into. Yes. And I said, watch out for her. She's uh, she's got sticky fingers. And you know what? And you know what? They followed you around That's after that. That's what I was going to say. They didn't know you were joking. So they actually. I wasn't joking. <laughs> That's on. not a joke. No, but I don't. You take stuff sometimes. I, I don't do it anymore. And I wouldn't do it with you. <laughs> anymore. I wouldn't do it with you. Listen, no, you I'm gonna... need to apologize to me, I uh, think. Uh, I think, first of all, that's a dangerous precedent for me to admit to any crime. Um, and uh, to apologize. I think that's a road we shouldn't go down. But I'm going to take your admission that you steal and steal often as an apology. As and a, that, no, that doesn't mean. Oh, okay, yeah. No. <laughs> you just went, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Is that a special no that you reserve for special times? Me admitting something doesn't mean I'm apologizing for it. I'm just admitting that it happened. I think that you... If you're not going to apologize to me, I'm not going to apologize to you. Okay. Why should I do it if you're not going to do it? Well, have you paid me recently? All right. Oh, I'm sorry. This, okay. I'm, this is just how it works. I'm the guy who's writing the check. Somebody needs to apologize to someone, so I'll do it. How, no. Thank you, Gordon. How many yeah. times have you tried to smack my hair bun? Oh, it's out so of fun. Have you seen me do that? No. She gets her hair in a bun. Oh, yes, And I, I take have, a whack yeah. at it. And if I do it just right, the little elastic goes, and the hair goes pang, and it fills the whole room you're in. It's crazy. It's so much fun. No, I think that you. I. Sona, I'm going to end this right now. You have nothing to apologize for. You're a wonderful person. You're a good friend. We've been through a lot together. My lawyer made me uh, re remember this. And I think because you're telling me not to apologize now, I'm going to say I'm sorry. <gasps> really? Wow. It Mission worked. accomplished. Mission accomplished. And Gorley, I think you owe us both an apology. You got it. Ready? You come in here with your Mr. Rogers sweater. Okay. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. But uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. These uh, are the people that you meet in the neighborhood, in the neighborhood. <laughs> that's can, Sesame that's, Street. Yeah, that's not the song. What? These are the people in your neighborhood. neighborhood. You're singing in you, your you neighborhood. Want. Oh, that's, that's not, no. Oh, you're you talking about a wonderful uh, day in the neighborhood. It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Wait, which one is Cookie Won't Monster on? Sesame, Sesame Street. Street. Oh, apologize. I'm realizing now I really don't like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Oh my God, I like what? Sesame Street. Oh, I've been wait, wondering. are you for real? You know, the neighborhood of make believe is in is in Mr. Rogers. 
I'm sorry. I'm rewatching all the stuff yeah, now, I'm and watching I'm real Sesame deep into Street it every day. Yeah. yeah. Wait, what are we talking about now? I got lost. Well, we just watch a lot of children's programming, right? Because yeah. you have kids. I just yeah. sit there and watch it as, as just a fan. Oh, I see. I <laughs> see. Yeah. I'm like, uh, Mr. Rogers is on. I gotta, mm. you know, get my cereal out and watch. <laughs> Those are good times. Look, I got off the rails there a yeah. little bit. We'll clean it up. Where did we end? No, I want to talk about this. We ended. <laughs> We got Sona to apologize. We got Sona to apologize, yeah, and Gorley has apologized. Uh, and and um, you, I never did actually. I said I would. Do uh, you want to? You just, you're not going to apologize for anything. What have I done except take care of you mm. and your extended family? I am the sun, and you are a plant that grows uh, because of my rays, my beneficent golden rays. I'd like you to apologize for your weird metaphors. <laughs> <laughs> my metaphor. You know, sometimes the sun will sunburn you. Yeah. And I think that the sun owes that person an apology. <laughs> I am the sun. And I apologize for that sunburn. That's funny. The sun is just I provide all life on earth. Yeah. I know, I but what about that fun? sunburn that guy got in Bermuda? <laughs> He's very pale and he didn't sun. Oh, all right. What about Icarus? Uh, that was his fault. That was Icarus's fault. I trust, son. I apologize to Charles Millman of Canoga Falls, Ohio, for burning his shoulders. It made his stay unpleasant, and he had to buy aloe gel. Thanks, son. Now, maybe you'd like to thank me for all the crops. We're good, son. Bye. Fuck. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Eduardo Perez. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. At Delta, we know Mike in 8C prefers reality TV to reality. So we provide more than 1,000 hours of in-flight entertainment. On the next flight, 8C is Mandy, a foodie. So we offer all types of food options. Because at Delta, everyone flies their own way. Delta, keep climbing. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix.